listening to Inside Out with Turner and Seth. And we just saw each other for the first time in how long? Two months, Rob. Two months. It's been two months. You've been gone. You have an apartment for two months and you've been gone, by the way. Listen to the outro and no, we'll I talk about seen, that. I haven't seen you in two months, but I, I've, I've only been gone less than that. But uh, we had a very nice hug. You are a great hugger, Seth. Why do you say that? Don't you let anyone ever say there's anything wrong with your hugs. Don't get that. I, don't I get love it. your hugs. All right. Well, shalom. So good to be back. We've got a lot of great things on the horizon, and we have uh, two guests. Well, actually, two separate interviews. Two separate interviews. One which uh, was Dispatch. Yes, we have. From Dispatch, we have uh, Chad and Brad. Dispatch is one of the most successful independent bands ever. We'll tell you more about them in just a moment. And then while you were away, Rob, I just couldn't keep the mic away from my face, and uh, Galactic came through to- <laughs> That's nothing uh, new, so. Yeah, I know. Galactic came through on the uh, Parliament Funkadelic George Clinton's uh, final tour, which, by the way, was the second time I made it through Atlanta. Um, so I sat down with Ben from Galactic. And, and also, uh, who else was on that bill? Huh? Fishbone, you got oh, to yeah, see, Oh, yeah, Fishbone too. was. Yeah, they were great. Uh, Galactic was great. But we'll get, we'll get to that. But first... We are sponsored by CBD Vermont, which partners with Organic Farms in Vermont to produce, to produce organically grown hemp, which is used in full-spectrum extracts. And it's available for, for sale at cbdvermont.com. And if you use the code inside out, you get, that's all one word, by the way, you get 15% off all of their products. cbdvermont.com. And our code, the code is our show, inside out, all one word. We guarantee CBD Vermont, they guarantee our farms a price per plant. And they provide cultivation support throughout the growing season. There are a lot of CBD products out there, folks. So how can we know what we're getting? Well, CBD Vermont tests all of its extracts to ensure you're getting the right amount of CBD and other cannabinoids and no unwanted toxins. Plus, each batch is traced to the Vermont farm where it was grown and the hump, the hemp cultivar that was extracted. Hump cultivar. Ooh, that's a good... There's a band name for you. <clears throat> They've recently launched an online store where you can buy Vermont-made CBD products, including oils, capsules, edibles, and topicals that have been fully vetted by the staff at CBD Vermont. Just ask Seth. Let's do that right now. Seth, yeah. what was your experience? You had a leg thing going on, right? Yeah, I hurt my leg when I was running. If you, if you listen to past episodes, you'll, you'll know about Not it. Not everybody but, uh, listens to every episode. Well, now they should. They want to know. You're so interested, aren't you? No. So uh, I used the rolling product. that has the oil and... Not only did it smell good, but it really helped. The next, you know, literally within the next day, I could feel the difference. So I never tried hemp products before like that, CBD. I mean, all the <laughs> other stuff, sure. <laughs> but um, it, it works surprisingly, or not surprisingly, I guess it's, it works. Go to cbdvermont.com and use the code inside out, all one word, at checkout to get 15% off, and it helps support our show. And also, you know who else helps support our show? Pole Clark. Oh, yes. Great people. Great financial advice and insight. And what do you say about them, Seth? Don't wait till April and get screwed. Get Pole. So check them out, PoleClark.com. Very and- knowledgeable in a wide variety of things and constantly changing tax laws. And they're, they're aware of the entertainment world and this athletic world. And they're excellent specialists. Dialed in, if you will. Yes. Dialed in. Yes. Music fans. Music lovers and if you if you're a dialed in music fan then you're aware of Osiris. hey this is steve adams with alo this podcast is part of the osiris podcast network osiris podcast network an ever-growing community of music lovers and podcasts and uh all kinds of wonderful stuff. I was listening to Bluest Tape today. Oh, were you? I was listening to uh, episode 91, which was released just a few weeks ago, where the host had on Sam Holt, 
Longtime member of the widespread family. He, he used he, to work uh, with Mikey Hazard. Yeah, even before that, he was a fan and a oh. taper. He used to drive from Chattanooga to the Georgia Theater to see him back in the early, early days. And then he be, he became a fan. He, he actually sat in with him, sometimes at some of the toughest moments in the history of the band. Mm. He's been very clutch, very much a part of the family, very knowledgeable guy. And it's a great interviewer. It's a great interview. But one thing he brought up. Uh, What's that? There's a place in Athens called Nucci Space. Oh, I love Nucci Space. You know that you know for folks that are listening that don't know Nucci Space, they are so amazing. Uh, they they focus a lot on mental health and really helping musicians deal and cope with their mental health issues. But what what's going on with Nucci's and, and this? Well, now and one of the reasons um, Sam's out doing gigs right now is to raise awareness for this new Mike Hauser preempt music program. Huh? Preempt. Is, I like that. They're bringing out fourth and fifth graders. Oh. And just kind of getting them around instruments, showing them instruments, telling them about, about them, kind of breaking down the wall between... Because a lot of... When you're a kid, the, the instruments can seem intimidating. Oh, yeah. You don't know where to start. Well, yeah. Unless, you know, you're, you like have, with Daryl, unless yeah. your father interviewed Jason Crosby. I mean, that's a different thing. But uh, this is a great way to get kids comfortable and familiar with instruments. And um, it's just one of the many, many great things that Nucci Space is doing. And, and we're really excited that in the future, we look to be doing some stuff with them as well. Absolutely. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, that program, though, I've seen some other organizations do a very similar type program, and it is effective. I'm curious what demographics they're going to go with other than just fourth and fifth graders. So I'm going to have to check that out. Thanks for thanks for sharing that, Rob. So we got personal stuff to share with you later in the episode, probably the final outro. Um, but we're going to, uh, you know, each of some of our recent goings on. But as usual, we save that for the end. Well, right. be, be, before you go into that, though, Rob, didn't you... On the way here, weren't you telling me, you called me, you were asking me about um, the other podcast and one of the other podcasts on the Osiris Network, by the way, which if you haven't checked out Osiris, OsirisPod.com, or you can check out all the podcasts. There's a page on Jambase.com. If you just scroll right down, all the podcasts, there's a feed there. So all the latest ones, the newest ones are always on top. Yes, I have my weekend listening already. Under the Scales, which is hosted by Tom Marshall. Fish is lyricist. Primary lyricist. Um Great guy, very warm host, um, but some of the best episodes are when they break down the lyrics. Break down lyrics. It's really interesting if you're a Fish fan. Well, which ones did they get and how did they get them? Okay, the newest episodes, um, first of all, they surveyed the fans, which was cool. And Survey says. Came up with Waiting in the Velvet Sea, Blaze On, Horn, Bug, and Lifeboy. Wow. Lifeboy, huh? <laughs> yep, all of those uh, 1.0 except uh, Blaze On. And then... They literally nailed like four of my favorite 2.0, 3.0 songs. Uh, they got Sense and Subtle Sounds, Walls of the Cave, Steam, Pebbles and Marbles. You and love then Pebbles. Joy. Maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe Joy will grow on me. I love Joy at Indio. Do you remember at Indio? Yeah. Yes. It I just, do. when they were singing, <laughs> We Want You, they were just surrounded by all this magic that they put together for the fans. Oh, yeah. And they're singing, We Want You to Be Happy. That's when that song oh, yeah. got to me big time. I think I might even weld up a little bit because I'm a sissy. Oh, man. Well, geez, since I saw you, I, did we talk about Alpine? Oh, God. you went, Seth blasts up to Alpine for one show. And this is stuff is for the end. Okay, 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 okay. Let's talk about Dispatch. Dispatch is this great band out of Boston. Uh, some would call them the best band you've never heard of because in other parts of the country they're not as well known. But in Boston... Well, t- explain how big they are. What happened for their finale? When we- they played the Hat Shell in Boston, they had... According to some sources, 150,000 
people. They had to shut down Storo Drive. It was it was crazy. They've also done sold you know three night run of, at uh, Madison Square Garden to raise money for um, Zimbabwe efforts for like yeah. AIDS and hunger and all that sort of stuff. The Prime Minister of Zimbabwe became a fan of theirs. They're a huge band. Uh, they're kind of reggae ska rock energy trio. Yeah, but they don't fall like into the sublime. They don't or fall into any slightly category. stupid category. No. I mean, if anything, it's more like OAR. Than, than, than slightly stupid, in my opinion. But then, but they also have a, their energies. Uh, yeah, they have a grit that I don't think they OAR have a has. grit with the changing of instruments. They're much more. Um, their show is much more. Um, the harmonies are wonderful. Uh, that is a better word for it than I'm thinking. But go ahead, go on though. Uh, Deadhead should be aware of their version. Uncle John's band. Um, just a great band. That um, sadly, Pete Francis Heimbold, who's one of the founding members of the band we, we talk about it briefly he's, he's had some issues with depression that's a topic that's come up on the show before and a topic that maybe we'll talk to Nucci Space about sometime soon yeah I wouldn't be surprised but he has put out a solo album called Belong to the Band and he also oh really and we talked about this in the interview real quick so I'll set this up there, there was a um, documentary called The Last Dispatch that's all about the build up to that hat shell show that I just mentioned but also um, Pete Francis Heimbold when he could not return f- to tour with the band he did. A, he did a video, basically looking right into the fans' eyes through the through the magic of the internet, and telling them, you know, that he couldn't do it. And you could kind of see, you know, that the guy isn't in a space where he can go on the road right now. So, you know, very direct and honest with his fans, and I like that. Even in, in his lowest moment, remaining very honest and and upfront with his fans. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then in the latest news with Dispatch. Uh They've got a live record the band released this summer. It's called Live 18. It's an excellent record. I I listened to that a bunch leading up to the interview. And we also talk in the interview briefly, but just to let you all know, you can hear their music. Their catalog is now up on nugs.net. Yep, I listened to um, their Portland show, too. um, They they, they put up the recent shows and everything like that. They mix up their set lists and stuff. So that that's what we got coming up in the front part of the of the show. In the middle, towards the end, we've got an interview again. Ben Elman, I sat down with when he was uh, coming through Atlanta. I discovered a lot of things about him that I was unaware of. Now, so I'm going to f- let you know. Dispatch, Rob. When we knew we were interviewing. Rob did a, like a bust out 24 hour like crazy marathon of of research. Yeah, that was a last minute thing. Wasn't yeah, it? but you 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 bust your ass on research. And now I'm a fan of Dispatch. And then with Ben. It happened, I, I noticed that uh, P-Funk was coming through and Galactic was opening at the Fox, and I'm like, oh, you know what? I wonder, let me check in with Ben. And I just texted him, like, you got a half hour? And he's like, yeah. So I literally just drove over there and picked up an interview. So it's not a well-researched interview, but... It's a it's Seth a, interview. You know what to expect, guys. Uh, but a lot of discovery there and um, a lot that he shared with us that I'm Easy. excited. There's some discoveries there. There's not a lot of discovery Okay, there. fine. There's, did you listen to it? It's Yes, it's pretty cool. I like. I was a little disappointed you didn't know about his producing work. Yeah, I didn't. He's an excellent producer, and that's a great part of it. But we're talking on and on about Ben. We'll, we'll talk more about Ben after this. But first, um, this is Seth and I outside of the Candler Park Festival. Candler Park in... Right in like Candler Park Fest. If you don't know about it, every year it takes place in June. It's a it's a neighborhood in Atlanta. It's a small festival, but they do about maybe twenty thousand people, where, so not that small. It's where Sweetwater Four Twenty used to do their festival. And yeah. Then when they moved on, as we learned on our podcast, when we when we interviewed um, one Brandon Buys, yeah, he told us that we, he, they wanted to step in and do something that was more along the lines of the the early small. The early, sport. it's much more family oriented. Oh, definitely. Uh, they definitely. got a, they're uh, you know very large VIP, uh, but yeah, it's a cool, 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 cool 
event this year they had dispatch headlining also green sky bluegrass please check out candler park if you ever like thinking about coming visit your friends in atlanta that's a great weekend to come down so friday and saturday you still get your sunday that's the green sky bluegrass show when seth got a shout out and when dave bruza did a i I thought he sang a little extra too for you he did maybe maybe all right well let's uh he's a good man dave bruza let's uh go in front of kevin's house as we uh sit down and chat with Dispatch. Thank you, Kevin. And this is Chad and Brad. How long do we have to fight for a change that never comes? Oh, in some ways it's the same. But tonight the crowd, they came. Fists in the air, candles and visions. Crack dreams held together with curses and wishes. But how long has it been since you've been outside? And how long has it been since you opened your eyes? Cause I've been to the line and it's all right there. And I cannot wait to Listeners know I am generally hyperbole averse, so I don't say this lightly that we are sitting with two members of what is seriously one of the most successful independent bands in the history of rock, Brad and Chad of Dispatch. Welcome. We'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> and let's start with the most recent. You have Live 18 has just come out. Yeah. And I notice when, if, you, if you want an indica- a window into the heart and soul of this band, you thank your opener, not just at the show, but on the live record that's pretty cool but it made me think that it's all from one show i don't have any liner notes is it all from one show or did you call that from it's i bet there's 10 shows or so okay it was just essentially anything from 2018 that we were pulling from and then the very last track was this amazing night uh, at the troubadour in la where rashawn ross came out and played trumpet and just brought the house down it's like an acoustic show there yeah and um the reggae influence is obvious in your music, but I think Deadhead should take note that there's a very strong folk influence. And so when you cover Uncle John's band, you take it. It's almost like a Kingston trio kind of thing. <laughs> right on. We, yeah, that song is, I mean, we love the dead. So like, we were just looking for a tune that we thought we could do justice to. And uh, that's really fun to play. It's kind of a bummer as as you keep like the next year like we can't play that anymore because we did it last year so we got to come up with some other covers you know? it was so fun Addicts of My Life I think the way you guys do harmonies I think you could really do a really nice Addicts of My Life but you be, probably want to do other bands that'd be beautiful course. yeah, yeah. No, I love that song and um, just the two of you your, your other founding members not on the road yeah Pete I think I don't want to dwell on it too much but I do find as I get older and have more experience with people <clears throat> with depression there, there's a Dylan quote that comes to mind don't criticize what you can't understand because it's mm. so hard for so mm. many of us to understand why someone you would think going out on the road with you guys would be a happy thing and exactly what he'd want to do and you know but it's you have to well there's something to that you know i think i think it's really confusing uh i think as far as his own safety he might want to be out on the road but he knows that it's probably not the best thing for him because of the ups and downs that the road uh, inherently has um, it's just not good for his the chemicals in his brain. So it's really tricky, though, because it, it is a happy place for him. But um, but it's can, a big dose of it, though. It's a big yeah. on the road. You get kind of too big of a dose of the highs and lows. Yeah, so, everything's amplified. Yeah, the extremes are pretty. 
I think the older we get, the more we realize it's an incredible gift to get to make music and to be on tour and to have these like high energy, high adrenaline moments singing with a crowd. But there's a, uh, there's a return to reality and a reentry that it, it, it's hard to do well. So grateful that we're still doing it. But Pete's been really brave, I think, really brave and courageous to see like what he can do and to do it really well. Is he still contributing at all into songwriting at all? Or is he completely out at this point? Oh, I mean, he's contributing in like an inspirational way, but uh, because he's been what he's been through and we've been, uh, you know, by his side for a lot of it. It's it's been, I think, pretty impactful on all of us. Just that journey. Um, Yeah, he wrote a letter a couple months ago just saying like it's clear to him that he really needs to focus on his family life, his solo music, and just kind of like staying on. Uh, he's got a good straight and narrow going right now. So we're just, we're so happy that he's happy and we're so grateful that he's got an amazing community, incredible family. So um, yeah, he's always with us in spirit and we just keep keep the train moving forward. I, I really felt he served the spirit of the band by doing the video. Yeah, because there was yeah, such a sincerity. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure that wasn't easy for him to do. No, you know? that was amazing too. That's the best way to, to show the fans. Look, um, you know, essentially look them in the cyber eye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's something to that, you know, and that yeah. you guys have always been real with your fans. You've always been really out there, and that kind of, even though he's not on the road with you, he's still serving the ethos of the band in yeah. a way. Yeah, he's, and he's such a sweetheart. You know, there's yeah. he's such a tender guy. So it's. That was. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. But do you have to find multi instruments? Do you have to find in- musicians that can play multiple instruments to replace them, or do you have just? Yes, a bass? we have to find three. Yeah. <laughs> I say, not, they don't have to find some. They don't have to find one person, Rob. They got to find like three. So yeah, that makes sense. It's like Pink Floyd with Gilmore. Yeah. Three guitars, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but we and we have some fan, like some incredible bandmates that are have joined us the last few years. And Could you tell us about each? Yeah, Jr. is uh, an old friend of mine. He's on um, percussion and sings all the high harmonies and then switches when Brad comes up and plays guitar in the middle. Jr. goes and plays the kit. We've never been able to consider BG's covers, but now we can, certainly. <laughs> and he's got so much energy. I mean, yeah. I was watching him at practice yesterday here in, here in Atlanta. He's just going crazy. Yeah. It's, it's just, just rehearsal. And he's just like, he's just, his heart... It's just, it's so raw, and like, it's, it's wonderful to play with him. Mike Sawitsky uh, was a part of our production team for America Location 12. Mike and uh, our producer, John Dragonetti, we got to be really close with them making that record and got to the end of it and just realized, like, why don't you just come and play with us? So he jumped on the road with us, and we've, uh, it's been great. So he helped us with the last record, and... That's made it for a really cool transition, I think, between what we've done in the studio and trying to bring some of those parts and details to the stage. And then uh, Matt Embry, who's the singer and guitarist for one of my favorite bands, RX Bandits, out of Long Beach. And uh, he is basically like... Such a heavyweight. He's just so (laughs) fucking good. So good. So, uh, yeah, so playing with him is like, he, he definitely like, brings us to a, a, a new level every now and then i think chad and i'll look at each other and be like what is he doing back in us like he is just so talented and so content and brings everything up to a 
a level of music. Don't compliment him, but don't compliment. Yeah, just, just, just do don't not. Compliment. Don't compliment him. If you do, tell someone around him what you mean for him. <laughs> or like snake in a like like Here, undercut. Grapevine only. <laughs> undercut it somehow. He's no good. All right, no, we don't have much time with you, so let's just go back real quick. You, uh, oh, that's a drone. I was waiting for that to be like a plane way off in the distance. <laughs> Actually, I ordered a smoothie. It's uh, it's it's coming. In. <laughs> that's the Amazon. Can we double fire. it up? A drone, drone delivered smoothie. The Amazon smoothie drone. <laughs> I digress. Sorry. No, that's all right. So it was around October 2002. You guys play Kilborn, uh, and then you you decide. I, I used to watch that show. I used to. He's a weird guy, but he was a funny guy. He disappeared. He You're really back. Did. He's not. How about that? <laughs> okay. Keep moving. <laughs> anyway, so did you know when you played Kilborn that you were going to announce that you were, or, or did that happen sometime after that? Did you know that the end, that first end was coming? No. Not at that point. I don't know. Was it, that was 02? Yeah. And then a couple yeah. years later you do the. Yeah. Oh. I mean, we basically. We, knew, we probably knew about wanting to take a break. But we, we took a couple yeah. year hiatus. We didn't know about like doing a last show until a few months before that. Which I watched the documentary. I mean, it's it's really cool what you guys really allowed them in. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a lot of bands talk about breakup, talk about tension, and you guys really kind of walked us through it, and that takes a lot of courage. And you know what I mean? Yeah. We man. had the funniest, coolest film director that we didn't know, who can't Helmut Schleppi. He's this guy from the Netherlands, exactly. <laughs> Sweetest dude, so endearing. And, and I mean, he ca- apparently he carried his own things. I mean, a name like Schleppy, you're like, he, yeah, of course he, you're going to carry You're going to schlep that, I know. Go ahead and schlep your own gear. But really good dude, and I think was so uh, not intimidating. And Disar- just, disarming. Yeah. yeah. He actually brought the tensions down with the three of us, and we didn't, I mean, we just didn't know what was going on. I think internally, we didn't know what was going to happen with that show, but he was a really fun uh kind of teammate to have along and then i think the film did have a pretty cool you know had some pretty honest moments in it because of it it was beautifully done you know and i mean i i bravo I, helmet i've seen you guys here and there you know but when i got to the point where the fans are chanting don't break up you know i'm like welling up you know what i mean i'm not even like it, it was like it really brought you in to the beauty of the band you know there's a genuineness to you guys and uh, do you feel that that's still in your music today yeah, I'm, I mean, I, it we doesn't. Hope so. Yeah, none of it feels feels all that different. Um, it's a different world, you know. We it was weird because we we did take you know a big chunk of years off. So, but so we weren't sure when we came back in 2007 or 2011 if people were going to still be with us. One yeah. was in Boston, right? One was in New York. Yeah. All sold out. Yeah, a couple were charity gigs, right? Yeah. So, we, it's it's really been amazing this, that 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 people have stayed with us as long as they have, and and we are so obviously so indebted to 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 the folks that that have hung with us, and uh, it was really fun to come back a couple years later and and just and try and like kind of jump in with both feet and try to really be a band together instead of just kind of these one-offs every four years. And times have changed politically. Oh my so gosh, you, yeah. You feel compelled to speak out. Yes. Well, and we're older now, too, with a really different perspective. I mean, I think you can be in your 20s and, I don't know, you can, your perspective is so different. Uh, but, you know, now with wives and kids and seeing our parents age and, you know, kind of being in this 
season of life, I think that political reality is something that you either have to address and or Brad's you really, just go away. Brad's really swung to the left <laughs> to join me, and that's... I'm not voting for Kerry. <laughs> well, you remember that line? The tension. <laughs> you going to wear that shirt, Chad? <laughs> so it's interesting, though. Back if, you, That is a legitimate beef. Even though I kind of lean to the left, I could see the point of like... Well, we are three of us, and we're not giving a stance, so we should all agree whether or not to do it. I could kind of see that, although I think now you wouldn't object to him. What we're talking about is um, Chad wanted to wear a, an anti-Bush shirt on, uh, it was I think it was the warm-up shows for the Hatch Hill at the Somerville Theater, and um, and you didn't want him to wear it, and, and your point was that we don't make political statements, we should make them in his van, not as individual, which is, I think, legit, you know what I mean? I think Rage Against the Machine had the same issue. Yeah. Yeah, we have yeah. a lot in common with Rage. So it's just classic, man. It's so hard for us to be out here. No, I think I would say there's so much more room for, for people to agree if you have time to really get into each other's perspectives, even when you don't. There's room for respect. So even if we have completely different perspectives, now that we have the time and energy and hopefully more humility to like really want to hear what someone else's perspective is, I don't know. It kind of takes the polarity energy away from it. And then there's not as much... I don't know. There's not as much hanging on it. Compassion can do that, too. Like yeah. If there's one thing that good Christian people have in common with far-left people, it's compassion for the, the disenfranchised. Yeah. There can be... We need to find common ground these days. I mean, there's it's so, so much more in the center. I mean, only the media, I think, is informing us that it's polar. And the social media. Yeah, but I mean, that's bullshit. There's so much room for us in the middle if we do focus in on what's human. And if you do focus in on compassion and you do think about your kids and you do think about the environment like just think about the environment take it away from the you know global warming just start looking at like the fundamentals and everyone has way more that we agree on than disagree but yes the ice is melting do you f- it's true do you feel like you want to keep with political theme song you're writing most of the songs now, Chad right? friggin loves politics man I, I, I mean we are living in a crazy time yes are we not <laughs> I mean, the, the shooting yesterday or two days ago. Um, obviously, we have a... See, this is how... Crazy time. Something as massive as a shooting, and we're like... Um, That's right. Uh, what? Was there a shooting? That's Another right. One? Really? We're desensitized. We were having this conversation no. yesterday. We're so desensitized. We grew, I mean, my kid's uh, six years old, and, you know, it's like I look at the TV of what he's watching. Even in the cartoons, it's so... Everything's so violent, and it's like... It's just such a natural thing. So no wonder the kid's going to hit someone because it's right. like, well, this is what and you it's see. Like, boom, 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 boom. It's like oh, Real fast. so fast. So much faster now than it was. And the thing is this. It's not even that it's so much faster than it was when we were kids. I'm a 42. And so when I, I remember what I was exposed to. And, and, you know, we went from, you know, Beverly Hillbillies reruns and shit like that, right? Brady Bunch reruns because there wasn't enough new stuff. And now there's just so much stuff that you don't. And so you get the point. Yeah. Yeah. The familiar. We used to watch one movie. We used to watch Rambo or Bloodsport, like, you know, 20 times over the course of six years. It would be like the mo- the two movies we watch for six years, yeah. Top, Gun, Top Gun, you know, and, and now it, there's, a, yeah, it's different. So do you mix up your shows more night to night or, sh- or tour to tour? We, tr- we try to do night to night. With the set list? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we, try to, we try to keep it as different as we can. Because I noticed you've signed on with Nugs.net, so you're selling your, your live shows. Yeah. Brad Sterling's a good man. 
Although, don't, don't let him pick the stuff he plays on weekly live stash. He's that's not that's his weakness. You tell him what to play. And I will <laughs> I will make a mention though. Osiris Network with Podcast Network we're a part of, and now uh, Nugs is a part of that as well. Awesome. So. I love them. They're getting the money. They're, for, they're serving the fans by getting us the recordings and getting the money in the musicians' Listen, hands. Listen, we properly. have wanted to do that for so long. <laughs> I mean, forever. So we're really sorry it's taken this long, and we're really excited about just having it out there. So we appreciate what they're doing, yeah. and we love the legacy of the dead. You know, yeah. just like the taping and everyone, this network. You know, so it's and we, we spent so much time and energy recording all of our shows early on, and then like didn't really have. Other than a handful of live records, just didn't have a platform to put them out. So it's fun to just get whatever. Finally. Just, it should be out there. And you have the kind of fan base that's going to eat it right up. And you have fans all over the world, as we see in the movie. People came from all over the world to the Hat Shell to see that show. That's well, and Nugs is doing a live video stream of Red Rocks. How cool is that? Who's playing with you there? I and might when stay is it? home and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they have replay. You just buy it and then you watch the replay. Right. That's a good idea. The record company's uh, opening what's up. What's the date of it and who's on it? Because we'll, we'll promote Nugs.net any oh, day nice. of the week. June, that's in, a, that's in eight days. Good Lord. Yeah. All right, we'll do June it on social 9th, media. Red Rocks, record company, Nugs, streaming. Record company's great, too. That'll be great. Well, I think we're out of time with you guys, but we appreciate it. Do you Thanks. want to adjust any window us. into the future for us? Oh, it's just a festival season for us. And then we do we did record a song called Year of the Woman that's going to come out in a month? Two? Somewhere between one and 15 months. I'd say one to two. I think it's going to come halfway through our so the, season. It's going to yeah, come out in there. for three days a month. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you guys ever think about co-billing with like some of the sublime world, the slightly stupid... Uh, Dirty, dirty heads. I'd love we, a do, duo build with you guys. Yeah. We've only done festivals, I think, thus far. But I played a lot with Stupid with State Radio, my other band. Um, and Revolution, too. Don't you know some of the guys? Yeah, and did a lot with the Revolution. So we, we have I, a lot of fun with those guys. They yeah. do, um, the, in Mexico, we do, uh, I'm part of the, uh, I work with Cloud9 Adventures. Nice. And we do oh, the right uh, on. Yeah. Close to the Sun. I could see something with you all do. I yeah, think I Dirty Heads would be fun. awesome. Or uh, Bad Seeds. Uh I can see that. So yeah, that would be yeah, it'd be fun be to great. do. do more I mean, now that. that you're back, is this the kind of thing you can go to your management and say, "Hey, let's try to put together a tour, a co-headliner"? Or, or yeah, Revolution has been on the on the docket a couple times. We just barely missed. Yep, missed that that train touring with them. Um, and then Tribal Seeds. That's what I was thinking. We were trying to do a tour with John Butler Trio, like <sighs> I don't know, a year, eighteen months ago, and. I think the challenge with Revolution or John Butler, I mean, that everyone has their own timing when they're releasing their record and how they're approaching touring all over the place. But just we're just waiting in. for it to line up. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. All right, we'll end with this, because I did notice in that documentary that while you, you always resisted the major labels, you were, you were wooed. What do you remember from those meetings? No what one was knows, the most ridiculous? No one knows about that, Rob. <laughs> no <laughs> okay. one. Okay. We no, we were the on. Food was good. We had a we had a P and D deal, a, pu- a publishing and distribution deal with Universal for a Dude, year TMI, and a half. TMI, bro. TMI. Oh. Year and a half. So, but then we jumped off it. So it wasn't a proper record label. So we were on it. We were like kind of like dabbled in it without going full in, uh, full on as a as a proper. Re- it was a proper record label, but we had a... Uh, we just didn't meet people that we really trusted we anywhere. We had a sidecar relationship to it, and then now... Pioneer Music Group, we were inking a deal. It was going to change the world. Then we ended up getting screwed with the legal fees. We learned a lot early on. 
but but we were just looking for good people. I mean, honestly, if we had met people that I think we really trusted and seemed like they wanted us to make more of our own music and sound like ourselves, I think we would have done it. But otherwise, the food was great. There was this woman, I can't remember what her name was, but she was smoking a cigarette, I think, in her office in New York. and it was epic. The, the was talking about Pearl CEO Jam. Of epic. And there was just this moment where I was like, yeah. She was in like a white pantsuit. Powerful. Like, yeah, high heels. I was nervous. I think we had sushi. <laughs> All right, last question, I promise. What did you miss most when you guys were off the road? What did you miss most about performing and being on the road? I think the adventure. Yeah. Kind of being back with your mates and, and just... I like the late night movies in the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the best. Rocky and Rambo and Top Gun. Is that <laughs> yeah. what you're speaking of? And Dispatch at Red Rock. Dude, Everest slayed us last year. We were cold for weeks after we watched that film. We watched uh. Everest. I like that stuff. I like kind of like... Anatoly. The, get the Moe's. The, yeah, the downtime. The dinners on the off nights. You know, the... The Tom Petty documentary was four hours. We played a show and like had to stop in the middle of it, and we were bummed. I think we would have missed the show <laughs> if we could have watched the rest no, of I, it. No, I've been. I mean, I've been in, in that situation where I'm like ready to go to a show, and I'm like, like binging on something. I'm like, eh, maybe I don't go to the show, and just kind of watch this. You have one on shows. All right, that's true. It's amazing anyone comes out to shows anymore. <laughs> don't leave, please. Don't leave. Oh no! Thank you guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks so for much. having us. Thanks, go guys. Bruins. Go bees. You got to tell the spirit mystics of tomorrow that in some way. Chad Stokes, Brad Corgan, two great, great people and uh, conscious rockers, Seth. They don't just do great melodies, write great songs, put on crazy ass shows, but they are very conscious people dispatchband.com check them out they're they're back they're touring go see them they're great dispatcha dispatcha and we might be doing some more stuff with them hopefully we, we bounced a couple ideas they seemed receptive but we'll see now now while well, I ladies was, and gentlemen while, while I was gone the Fox Theater had this show with the great legendary George Clinton mm-hmm the amazing and I feel wildly underappreciated Fishbone. Uh huh. And Friends of Seth's Galactic House Galact- Band of Jam Cruise. First time Galactic played the Fox yeah, Theater. I, I heard that. I was yeah. surprised. Hadn't they opened? No, they've never played the Fox Theater. And so let me tell you, when they had you know, like P Funk had uh had didn't have a sound engineer, they used like the house engineer and stuff. You know what I mean? So when Galactic came out, they had their they had their whole crew. And they came in, they came in super, super strong. And I think that they played the, the way I would describe it is they played the room, they played the venue, not the people there. So it wasn't so much they were, I mean, they played for the people there. I don't want to say they didn't, but when you think about the Fox, you understand that it wasn't, this was a way undersold show. It was like a third of capacity because the tour already came through a couple months ago, not with Galactic. So when Galactic performed, they they were big. They did not hold back. It was a full on galactic show, and I think they play. I think they were excited to play the Fox, and they put their energy into it. Is what I'm getting to. And Galactic Funk is the website, right? Yeah. And um, I'd say come see him on Jam Cruise, but it's sold out. Sorry, buddy. Well, they need to do more Atlanta headlining dates. 
Yeah. And they're, they slam at festivals. Or they really you can do. go see them at uh, Tipitina's where they own. And Seth talks about that as well, which is one of the more interesting parts of the thing. They've completely redone tips, but let's, yeah, let's save that for the interview. Want to jump right into it? Let's go. All right. Ben Elman. Fox Theater, just a door away from where he held the Colonel Bruce Hampton Hampton 70 interviews, and I've got the pleasure of sitting with Galactics, Ben Elman. Hello, hello. Hello, shalom, manishma. Like you said. <laughs> so, uh, wow, like, you're here with, this is your first, this is Galactics' first time playing the Fox. It is our first time, and we've been hearing about it forever, so we're, uh, we're pretty, pretty excited. And this is George Clinton, Parliament Funkadelic's last tour. Uh, put that in quotes. <laughs> quotation, last tour, end quotation. You, I, I think we, we saw him in a video a couple weeks ago saying, hey, I ain't retiring. <laughs> he said he's not retarded. No, 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 retiring. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> as we're out here on his farewell tour. So yeah, yeah. You make of it what you will. Well, maybe saying goodbye to brain cells. <laughs> I don't think he can ever retire. He's like prolific, you know, and he, he's a workaholic. And he's done so much. That it's mm. like... I think the thought of him actually not touring, you know, well, maybe he'll pull it back a little bit or something. Maybe. Although he, he came through his farewell tour, came through a couple months ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was, well, lucky for all of us, because this is an amazing, it's, it's an amazing show. Have you, this is the first night you're on it? Or? This is our second leg of doing second this. Leg, okay. Yeah. So we did five shows um, last month and it was, it was incredible. And I've seen George a bunch of times and this was like, I think this is the best I've ever seen him in his band. Wow. Is Bootsy in the band still or no? No. No. What about the guy that wears the big underwear? No, he died. Gary Shatter died, but his son is playing guitar. Oh, okay. Who grew up as part of the P-Funk family. Right, right. You know, and uh, Blackburn McKnight is out here and, um, and a bunch of dudes have been in the band since the 80s and stuff, and it's, it's killer. It's a circus, though. I mean, even just getting here downstairs, it's like, I mean, I've been back to the Fox several times, and this today, it's, I'm surprised I didn't get, like, you know, strip search here. Uh, yeah, but it's not really George, because, you see, George doesn't really travel with, like, like a lot of crew at all. As a matter of fact, he doesn't have any sound guys. There's what? like 20-something people and no sound guys. Whoa. He's using house sound every night. That's crazy. He's only got like one production manager or road manager. It's pretty incredible that the oh show goes on every night. You know, he used to, he lived in Quincy, Florida. Yeah, yeah, right outside of Tallahassee. So every once in a while, I'd get these pop-up shows yeah. um, in Tallahassee at the moon. Remember the moon? Yeah. So, but then I, I learned, you know, from there, I met all these musicians and production all these folks that kind of came into his camp and came out of it and that's it's just, it's pretty wild he's he's developed a lot of female singers throughout the last several years well last 20 years or so yeah and all of all the background singers he has he's got some family up there um they're all incredible in this band right now it's really the tightest band and it's like it's like an hour and a half set so 
people aren't really coming and going so much. It's like they're playing hits, they're playing some of the new stuff, but it's like it's tight and pretty awesome. And you got Fishbone on on this uh, bill as well, yes. right? Fishbone is red hot. Yeah. And so, any uh, collaboration or no? No collaboration, but we're all hanging. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't made it to the stage yet. It's made it to some restaurants and some coffees on the bus, but uh-huh. oh, it hasn't made it to the stage yet. All right. All right. Well, I, I apologize not being prepared, but like I just realized last night you were coming through town, so I figured I'd shoot the shit with All you. Right. But I there's am. a lot that's been in your world. I mean, in the last several years, you became a father, and uh, you've uh, purchased this small you know, bar in New Orleans called Tipitina's. I don't know if our listeners have ever heard of it or not, but... Um, so you're a yeah. bar owner, a father, yep. a band, and uh, you know, well, bandmate because you're all a very democratic band, if I recall. This is true. And and then what about the Balkan, the the whole Balkan DJ stuff? Is that still happening? Uh, it's kind of a, it took a side seat to sort of. I've been doing a lot of producing, working on other band stuff in New so, Orleans. Yeah. What studio? Uh, different studios. Do in you New own Orleans a studio that I don't know? Galactic of? Studio. Yeah, yeah we have our own studio, but. Depending upon the project, it'll be some other, some other venues. Some oh, other let's city. let's talk about that for a second. So, producing, are you going after bands or bands coming after you? How? What's the what's the take there? Um, they're pretty much coming to me. I mean, I, luckily, I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of right now just doing like sort of passion project things. You know, I did the Revivalist record. Wow. The okay. One, then they're single. They went platinum. Yeah. So my phone started ringing after that. Oh, look at those shoes. He's by the way, folks. He's wearing gold-plated shoes. These are, they call these my air dads. <laughs> 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 they're like orthopedic walking shoes. Yeah. Well, that's what happens, right? <laughs> Seriously, the band calls them air dads. So that I didn't know that. That's amazing. I did Trombone Shorty's records, mm-hmm. the one that got nominated for a Grammy. I did a record last year that got nominated for a Grammy um, by a band called Chawa. Wow. Um, All right. So when these artists are coming to you, what's your what's your um, what's your process like? Are you are you adding? Or are you just kind of helping them achieve their goals? Like what, what's every your band take? is different. Um, some bands I'm doing like a, a ton of post production, and other bands I'm just sort of you know. Uh, organizing so to speak and some bands you know like uh i just worked with tank and the bangas they did a live thing in new in yeah. in new orleans that um that i produced that was sort of like sort of like wrangling cats you know just making sure it was the live set so um just making sure everything was uh was happening and then doing mm-hmm. a little bit of editing and fixing overdubbing some stuff in the end and and then some things are full-on just you know, here's just a pile of ideas. Well, make, make a song. So, know? like revivalist album. Let's kind of dive into that here. Uh, I did two of them. The first, the first two. And with that, what's your process? Actually, are the you, second, the second and third one. Are you coaching them along to well, get a sound? Are you t- kind of hearing a sound and saying, "Hey, you guys want to kind of steer this way"? What, 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 do you, what do you got going on? Good question. Well, the first record that we did, um, which was their second record, 
um, I'd just say they were a little bit greener and they hadn't been in the studio a lot, you know, and they were more, uh, they didn't have the songs as super together. I think they were looking at me a little bit more to do um, a lot more sort of post-production. They were hoping that maybe, you know, we record these songs sort of as they played it. Um, and maybe I'd have some suggestions, you know, in going through that process. But then it was like this... Um, amount of post-production i call it sort of the tricknology actually i think that's a dr john you know or sort of or the special sauce you know i get to like mess with it in the end and make some breaks or rearrange a little or put the right or different kinds of you know delays and reverbs and effects and so i kind of get to like put that little like icing on the cake so to speak and then the record we did after that that has their single wish i knew you I think they came in way more ready to make a record mm-hmm. and knowing uh, just, you know. Uh, well, that song is super polished. Like that, yeah. I mean, that's it's so polished that like, you know, my sister in Westport, Connecticut knows the song. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a... It, the, them and Moon Taxi share, share that kind of thing where it's like they, 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 their original sound and like where they come from is one thing, but then they're able to like polish this. And it's so nice to have like these bands that we know that are genuine Mm-hmm. can can reach over into that pop world in a way and kind of it's like bring people over to our side <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean you know they write great songs i mean that's songs a huge catchy, part of it though. and i think they all became better songwriters and, and who's so. a, is there more than one songwriter in that band yeah there is okay. actually there are a lot of them write actually and do you work with them at all on that on the writing mm-hmm. side of it? Or no. if they bring, if they call you up and bring you kind of some of the stuff they're working like, you on. You know, like we kind of start with a bunch of demos. I think like on the first record, it was definitely, there was more, they were looking to me way more for like, you pick the songs, you know, they were sort of a democratic band as well. And they needed a person to be there and say, let's do these songs and, you know, kind of make those, those tie breaking decisions. But I think on the second record, they came in with more songs that were complete that they had been working on since the last record. Mm -hmm. And, and it was definitely, um, I mean, you know, you know, it's always a process. There's always, you know, some suggestions, you know, in the process. I think actually to be quite honest with you, I think that there's a, there's an intimidation factor that's there on a first record where they don't really know me and we're not friends yet. And I just come in as a producer, so they don't want, you know, if I say something, they'll be like, oh, cool. And then the second record, they're like, yeah, I don't know. I think I like my idea better. (laughs) And I respect that, you know, especially if the idea is better. Yeah, well, that's good, though. I mean, you got to explore. It's also good to have, sometimes it's nice to have someone give you their opinion just so you know your opinion's right. Or like, (laughs) not that your opinion's right, but gives you that gives you that confidence that you needed yeah to, to and it, it's always good to have a person that's not inside necessarily the songwriting process because I, I come in with much fresher ears mm-hmm. than all of them in the band and there's a thing that uh at least in in my world in galactic world we call it's just demoitis mm-hmm. where you know you hear this demo that you made uh you know 300 times that each time you hear it, it you know, it's more and more familiar and that means in your head it's equating that to being good in some way so sometimes you know a thing of demoitis it's it's real where you need somebody sometimes to come in and just give you just yeah. their like you know needle drop opinion yeah that, that makes sense and uh revival is actually going to be here at the fox in like two or three weeks or something like that yeah sometime in august i don't know the summer kind of stretched really like it's, it feels like it started and then it ended right as it started is that what happens? Yeah, I think it happens. It was a quick one. <laughs> so what's um, shaking now in, with Tipitina's? You, you, Galactic took it over. It was big news. 
what's anything different what's is as your all's life's changed being more involved i mean is stan Amore still being the janitor and the musician i mean what's going on <laughs> uh well there's um there's a much better house drum kit right now mm-hmm. than there ever was <laughs> like this is killing gretch kit and uh bass rig so all that the house um back line is uh way better we got a new sound system we got new lights we replaced the toilets all these really fun things so really the job right now is it's like kind of a lot of conference calls about um you know really kind of how to spend the money not the money but just money because yeah, we need to repair there is no there is no the money really yeah but you know uh it's like replacing the toilets was really a necessity so it's like there's nothing really that um glamorous yet i mean of course it is glamorous but i guess what i'm saying is it's it's a uh, it's like it's really hit us all as it's a it's a responsibility mm-hmm. and, and not i mean we knew it was going to be don't get me wrong I mean, we're naive about it but um the place has been there for so long it's got so much history it means so much to so many people yeah that like as an owner you i don't think any of us really feel like we own tipitinas we're just more like the stewards right now the people ah, caretaking the place yeah. you that's kind of i like that that's we didn't interesting build it yeah. you know i mean we were a part of the history so to speak but yeah. we, we didn't build it and it's not like buying a pizza place where you're like this is my pizza place <laughs> you know well, i mean it's a legendary club pizza, yeah. so we're just we're just trying to like you know not mess it up and improve on it you know who's booking the room same talent buyer same that's talent been there. Buyer, okay. We pretty much kept all all the so, staff, you yeah, know, because they were they do a great job and they know how to run that club. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we're not ordering alcohol. You know, we have a bar <laughs> manager who's awesome who knows how to, you know what to do. You know, uh, they should make like a cartoon where you all like have your individual parts. Like I say, Stanmore's like janitor, and you're you're the bar manager, and someone's like, I don't. Why is there only vodka? I like vodka. I don't understand. <laughs> There's no white wine. Well, I drink red wine. I mean. <laughs> It's interesting to see, though, how we all sort of, like, took a lane because... Uh-huh. Yeah. Who's, who's Elaine? <laughs> Elaine. Like, oh, we chose yeah. <laughs> sort of a... You know, you don't want to, like, step on toes. You know, we're not right. ordering alcohol. We're not really calling... I mean, we have ideas for bookings and we have meetings about all that stuff, but we're certainly not telling the talent buyer what to buy right now, what, what shows to put in there. I think right. he knows better than us right now. But um, there are these little things... You know, like Stanton really took over, making sure we had a killing backline. You know, right. there was great drums and bass rig and stuff. So when bands come in, and, and Jeff, uh, our guitar player, really got into the lighting, wanted to make sure the lighting was good, and worked with the lighting guy, and we repaired all these lights. And Rob is dealing with more upper level management stuff, and I'm dealing with uh, sort of like historical archiving of mm-hmm. of all the like old posters and things, and trying to make some sort of thing that's like the Fillmore in San Francisco mm-hmm. and something that really showcased the history of the place. So no, that's I've been smart. hitting up all the old owners trying to get all the old stuff, any of the old yeah. posters and, yeah, and then, calendars and, uh, and stuff. And then also keep in mind as the new bands are coming through to start archiving those. I tell, yeah. I tell a lot of venues as a, as you were rock chenier, uh, you know, that's something that venues have access to that they don't even realize. It's like, you're going to one day want to put a roof on this building. You might as well just, you know, have a, George Clinton's here tonight. You better have him sign the poster and put it away. Yeah. Um, and that, that sort of stuff. So you guys are now a lot of people know Tipitina's, but then a lot of people that are lovers of New Orleans know about the Tipitina's foundation. Has there been a foundation that you guys developed yet? I know we talked about that on Jam Cruise a while back. Yeah, no, we haven't yet. And we're working on it. Um, we just had to let some, you know, lick mm-hmm. our wounds for a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there was the Tipitina's Foundation, which is sort of being dissolved sort of currently because mm-hmm. that was tied in with the guy who we bought it from. 
So uh, we didn't actually purchase the foundation. So, uh, but yeah, we definitely are going to start something, and next year we'll have that sort of instruments that come in type event, and, mm-hmm. and um, it's going to happen. Cool, makes sense, and I'm there for you when you're ready. Thank you. <laughs> plug, plug, right now. Um, but no, that's. Uh, I mean, that you, that's the heart of New Orleans, or the, 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 New Orleans is just a heart. Too, so it's a, just a piece of the heart of New Orleans, really. Um, but imagine that there's a lot of influence you all can have with with uh, the artists that are you know, all the new Orleans musicians. I mean, there's so yeah. many and True. it's nice to see in the last years, how many, how many have uh, gained fame and success. I mean, you mentioned trombone shorty. We just mentioned revivalists. These guys are all, yeah. you know, starting to really hit. Um, are you still seeing in a, seeing any, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Seeing anything from, um, a growth still from the, uh, Treme and, and the involvement in, in that show, or is that kind of faded? Hard to say. I mean, some people, you know, occasionally, but, um, uh, it's hard to quantify that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so while it's fresh, that storm's old, but the, what about that storm that just came through? There was all this talk of floods. It was going to be yeah. crazy. Was it as bad? No, I mean, it really wasn't. It, it was actually quite a nice day, but, I'm just saying that where we were. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. People yeah, got been, yeah. devastated too, but I think New Orleans. But it wasn't was as bad as it yeah, as no, they it were took, ready. It took a path that spared New Orleans, luckily, but uh-huh. it, could, it could have been really bad. So you know, stuff like that, though. So yeah, great. It, it passed. It, it didn't do the damage that it was expected. But the fact is, is that it's one of those things where it's like, whoa, look at this. These screws are a little loose over here, and this is a little off here, and yeah. dude. Now's the time where it's like, okay, well, thanks for bringing that to our attention. Let's go ahead and fix this shit and not just yeah, push not it aside way, and wait till the, the way next New time. Orleans works. <laughs> it's not. I mean, and there was, you know, before the storm, the city flooded, you know, like about four days, five days, or whatever right. it was before. There was a storm that dumped like eight inches in an hour, and that actually totally flooded the streets. People were going down my street in little P rows, you know. And, and that wasn't even the hurricane, Barry. That was just a tropical storm rolling through. So I don't think any city, though, could deal with eight inches of rain in an hour. I don't think any city's equipped for that. So especially any city below sea level. So there's these things that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, you just know that. And you know the city's broken. You know it ain't going to really get fixed right. And that's just kind of part of living in New Orleans, too. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of tears in New Orleans. I mean, we lost Dr. John this year. We just lost Neville. I mean. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how's New Orleans? I mean, I guess it's this it can only take it as it can take it but i imagine there's a lot of tributes and and things coming up yeah i think there's a lot of things in the work for art because as we're recording this now art just passed a few days ago yeah it's like so, a week or... yeah so i'm sure things are in the plan and, and mm-hmm. i know we're, we're planning on having some of my tips and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of good tributes yeah yeah well what uh what else is exciting for you do anything fun travel wise this summer other than you know recording and uh, well, you know, we're about to do some of that sort of East Coast, Nantucket, Martha's Vineyard touring, uh-huh. which is always kind pre-fall. Of, yeah, nice. it's always kind of a nice place to be this time of year. So, and doing these shows, these George Clinton shows, this is kind of the highlight of the summer for me. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you get yeah. to see the show tonight. <laughs> I will. I will. Side stage in front of house. I'll, I'll work it out. You get a miracle out there. <laughs> I mean, that's actually. I will say it's like. We did five days uh, on this last leg, and every single one of those nights, I'd say just about every one of our band members and everyone from Fishbone and everyone from Dumpster Funk who's been on some of the shows um, has been on stage or in the audience watching the whole show. I mean, it's Mm kind of rare that after a show, like I will watch the headliner from beginning to end. Uh, But it's so engaging, and so it just makes you feel so good every every night I hear it. It's really really a great tour to be on. And I imagine that's there to... That their show is uh, 
I mean, I'm sure they have a set list, but it's kind of got to just kind of just go kind of an experience that just turns back yeah. on. I mean, for him, it's kind of like in that conscious list, right? He kind of just like back on stage and it's muscle memory and just wherever it goes. Yeah, I just I just think the band is killing. It just sounds tight and the singers are amazing. And it's, it's just a it's a it's a really good show. Cool. Well, you know, if, you, if you're listening, you might want to catch it because it is the farewell tour <laughs> somewhere. It's going to be going for a while. They keep uh-huh. adding dates. So. <laughs> yeah. Might be your last time. Uh-huh. Did you make it to the Stones when they were uh, hitting New Orleans? We, I did go see them. Yeah. How was that? It was pretty good. It was a fun time. Get to hang with Carl. I did see him for a little bit before watching Dumpster Funk. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. That so that mu- that must yeah. have been re- that must have been a cool thing too. Dumpster Funk opening for Rolling Stones. Revival is just open for yeah. them in Jacksonville. Is pretty yeah. badass. Mm-hmm. And then to see Carl up there playing with the Stones, that's got to be pretty exciting. He was great. I mean, they could have him louder in the mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's the saxophone player in me talking. Yeah. What uh? What do you prefer to play though? The tenor or the Barry? Tenor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I you think- got that deep Barry though. That you I mean. Kind of, you know, the, the berry is secondary to me, mm-hmm. really. I, I, I second mean, I, berry, second berry. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really feel like. I think to be a real berry player, you have to commit. Uh huh. All right. And I, I, you know, I'm just trying to commit to be a tenor player alone, and that I'm doing. I'm doing a horrible job at that. Let alone trying to get the berry going. <laughs> it's 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 like my side hustle, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, is anything exciting that you you're wanting to do that you haven't done yet? You kind of think you might be able to make time to do this year well the only thing is another project i'm starting with um with walter wolfman washington yeah so i did his last record okay which um was not it wasn't his band record it was like his solo thing it was more like a jazz vocal record um super stripped down super intimate mm-hmm. all like ballads and stuff like that really different for walter um, some solo acoustic stuff. So I'm about to start another thing with him that I'm really excited right. about. And so he is on Jam Cruise and yeah. Tank is on Jam Cruise yeah. and you're on Jam Cruise. Oh, it's I'm gonna not going to put you on the spot, but you know there might be an opportunity for like a little workshop kind of deal where you can break down some of the producing and, and fun stuff. Yeah, I don't think know, about it. Walter will play with us, I bet. I I would, so. I, he has to. That's kind of yeah. in the contract now. Last summer we did a Trombone Shorty tour um, that was Trombone Shorty, Preservation Hall, mm-hmm. Um, Newbury Brass Band and Galactic and special guest Kermit Ruffin, Cyril Neville and Jeez. Walter Washington and so we all hung and we all played all last summer so we have all these tunes with Walter now and it, it was amazing and he's yeah. comfortable with us backing him So and I, then once he's on board and he just get, sees what goes on he's, he's gonna it's just a, it's an obvious magnetic yeah. pull yeah. Uh, are you excited about going back onto the Divina or does it not matter to you? I'm always excited. <laughs> Super excited. I am. Oh man. That I'm just I'm I'm just, it kind of brings a tear to my eye that we get back asked back every year. Eighteenth year for you. Eighteenth sailing. I mean you're you, I you you're one of the few, like uh, myself, Annabelle and Dave Van and uh there's only there's like Mark Brown and a couple others, but not there's very very few people that have been on every single one and you're one of them. So honored. It's so cool. <laughs> It really is. <laughs> you're looking at me like I'm saying it sarcastically. No, but I'm no, not. no, no. You're not. No, it's true. <laughs> I just, I'm laughing inside because I know that um, my co-host Rob Turner is going to be pissed because I brought up Jam Cruise six times and I'm only allowed. I have a quote. I'm only allowed two two Jam Cruise comments a show. So <laughs> okay. Uh, but that's the beauty of him not being here. So yeah. you see. Uh, cool. Well, thanks for your time. I'm looking forward to tonight. And uh, you know, any closing remarks you want to leave? Oh man, people? thanks for having me part of your podcast. Appreciate yeah, well, it. come back and. Uh, I'm excited. To, we're going to dig in on some of the uh, 
uh, some of you are producing. And if oh, people yeah. are interested in you producing, they can reach you at me. Send me a CD. Oh, wait, I don't play any CDs. Actually, what he's saying is just go ahead and see him after the show. Just hand him your music. If you have a demo and you think it's really good. I'm easy to find. I really am. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to tonight. Thank you. conversation rob more importantly first of all thank you all for listening but more important than you listening thank you rob for not getting all angry and upset with me going to do an interview without you oh my god oh my god nope not at all but as you can see it's a totally different thing it's not as good it's just you it's not a deep dive or well researched i it's mean very casual surface level but it was cool there was i love the stuff about tips um but they, uh, they're up in uh, New England right now. Uh, you know, we've got some listeners up in New England. So go to galacticfunk.com. Check out their tour dates. Uh, they're playing a place called The Chicken Box. The Chicken Box? Erica Falls, August in Nantucket, August 13th and 14th. That caught my eye. And Brooklyn Bowl with Erica, August 16th and 17th. So go check those out, folks. And just even if you're listening to this in the future, go to Galactic Funk. Check out their website. Uh, you know what's great about Galactic? It's a What's great, that? It's, well, not the only thing, but one of the things. It's a great date show. It's a great show to bring a date to. Cause, well, I'd be standing more as married now? Well, also... Well, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because it's... it's <laughs> Like, I would never take a date to fish, because you know what I mean? Oh, my God. You know what I mean? What if they start playing Shaggy Dog and I start going crazy and she's like, what the hell? What's with this guy? You know? <laughs> I don't want any part of this. Mm, I'm pretty sure it's 20 minutes in the... It's more like a groove and more you can get into it. And, yeah. You know. It's Nolans, baby. Yeah. It's good time music. So do you think like playing music's helped your career? I mean, that was one of my stupid questions. <laughs> So, Seth, you yeah, just man. started Tedeschi Trucks Band at the Fox. Oh, so f- And they phenomenal. opened and closed with Soul Sacrifice, I heard. Well, I saw only Friday night. That was the show. They opened the set and closed it with Soul Sacrifice, oh. which what a tribute to Colonel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, That's yeah. the one that goes, dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, dun. I thought that was Santana. Yeah. Yeah. So well, why, I don't so know if they, say were, uh, they didn't write it, but... Um, but why'd you say Colonel? Because that's Santana. Well, because Soul Sacrifice. Oh, I don't and know that's if that's what they, they meant by that. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. I did see... Cool. I, 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 it's a powerful song, and it's all about passion and energy and in the moment. I really enjoyed uh, the Tedeschi Trucks band. I thought they were great. I don't know if I go see them that often, but I really like what they're producing. I think that they're just so super polished and just... It's, it was it was a fun show. Sounded great. And after, I I was hoping to chat with Derek, see if we can get him on the show one day, but I didn't. But he, he looked at me from a distance and waved, so oh, I, wow. I, think, I think he thinks I'm someone else. See, Jerry's done that to me. <laughs> I think he thinks I'm Did someone that. else. It was one of those weird things. But uh, Doesn't but, mean a thing. Hey, you know, um, Tyler... Oh my God, the Derek, Falcon! Derek pointed at me and looked at me. Oh my God! I swear, and then I went and saw Trey, and I swear, Trey, he was playing for me. No, By the uh, way, they're playing together at Lockin. Uh yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's been some cool articles online about that. 
But uh, Tyler Falcon, he's killing it on the drums, man. And their horn section is so good, by the way. Uh, so good. Kebby Williams just destroys. Also, Midnight in Harlem, mm-hmm. Susan changed the words to reference Kofi and actually got emotional. Interesting. We're getting the it was essentially getting the review from the guy who wasn't at the show. What else have you had going on? Tell us about your pool party. Nah. Why not? Why don't you? Because you weren't there. You seem to know, know more about things you weren't there. Pool party went well. <laughs> Voodoo Visionary and uh, Bird Dog Jubilee combined forces raising money for Positive Legacy. What was really fun about it is when we opened up the day, no one knew the location until I texted all the ticket purchasers. We sold out in advance. Uh, Fox Brothers and Bojanic provided such delicious food. There was Terrapin beer flowing. There was Old Fourth Distillery making these really cool drinks. Okay, what was like the, the events, though? Oh, everyone had a great time so like voodoo when they were playing they was playing just, to it was just yeah playing to a pool people it was a sunday so i was like i don't know are people having a good time they're just lounging around and everyone on the way i was like this was amazing i'm like but you weren't up and dancing like i know it was sunday it was so hungover and it was so great no, to see loved they getting, love just hang, being hanging at the pool being in the water and i was getting those this is awesome where are you blah 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 kind of texts it, well, we'll do it again we're talking about doing another thing at a Three Tavern Brewery coming up. Uh, but it was for Positive Legacy, this. We raised some money for Positive Legacy, which was fantastic, and it was fun. So thanks, Rob. We'll get the podcast in on one of these deals. Well, you were out of town. Oh, right. <laughs> for both. The one that didn't happen and the one that did happen. Yeah. Although the best line was someone came up to me, and they're like, dude, I heard the first one with DJ Logic was amazing. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. And of course, by the way, that one got postponed. I, maybe they meant the City Winery thing that we did. Nope. They meant the pool party. Oh wow! So that was fun. But you're uh, you you you've been traveling. I mean, well, d- okay. So first off, Rob moves into an apartment, pays the pays for the apartment, doesn't realize he's got to turn on his power and ele- you know his electric and gas, f- turns it all on, and then drives out and yeah, doesn't even to- move into the apartment. And it's gone for two months. Well, I'm lucky. It wasn't two months, dude. That was you haven't seen me in two months. June well, no, to July. The, first of all, it's good that I did that because they changed. The uh, the company changed. Ooh, that's not good. So I might have lost the apartment. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I did that. I, this is where I want to live. The apartment I want to have, it has like a sunroom for my office, so I don't have to pay for a two-bedroom. It's beautiful. It's cool. I already get a crush on a neighbor, and I haven't even slept a night there yet. My bed arrives tomorrow. Ladies, you can find Rob at the Red Roof Inn, <laughs> room number 420. <laughs> have you been by? Oh my god! Anyway, so Rob, you were in Massachusetts. Uh, what you do? You catch anything good you want to share? You know, there was this movie I saw at um, TCAN. I went to TCAN a lot. This is a place in Natick, Massachusetts, called the Center for the Arts in Natick, and it's a tiny little venue. The original version of it is where I had the Disco Biscuits thing, but it was around the corner, and it was a tiny venue then. Do you know what I'm talking about? The Disco Biscuits thing in January. It was a benefit for. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. African yeah. Uh, education and... Something tied in with your father, right? Or- with my uh, nephew, nephew, Ricky, who I just spoke with uh, today. He's doing quite well. Anyway, it moved around the corner into a firehouse, and it's this neat, neat little venue. And um, they did this movie called The Littlest Farm, something like that. i got to pull this up because I'm, I'm, I'm going off the cuff here. Move the, the bigger little farm? Do, 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 do. This movie called The Biggest Little Farm, I saw, Hmm. and it's about this couple who 
the the woman does like work in the restaurant field and had her own blog and so forth. And the husband worked for National Geographic. And they were enjoying their lives, but not totally satisfied. And they had this dream of a farm. And then they get this dog, okay? And the dog is like a birdie out of control. The dog barks all day when they go to work, right when they get it. Mm. So they get evicted. Oh, my God. And they decide to follow their dream and go get this farm. And they go and they rent this property. And you go through the whole process of them getting the dirt ready and all the stuff that it took. So they bring in this guy who becomes a mentor to them. And it's just amazing. And remember, the guy worked for National Geographic. So he's using some of their camera work or something. Oh, cool. The, the, the freaking video, uh, the, the pictures of some Say of these the name animals. Again. The um, Biggest Little Farm. Biggest Little Farm. All right. Well, I'll try to check that out when it comes on Netflix very, or Prime very, or one of those. Very Hulu's good. or something. Very heavy, very emotional and real. I mean, it really gets to what is involved in farming. And farming is, I think, uh, not as respected as it should be in this world. Farmers are some great people and it's an important part of the world and we need new conscious farmers. Hmm. Farm Aid's coming up too. We'll, we'll talk about that in a future yes. episode. Well, good to see you, Seth. Yes, yeah, good to see you too. Welcome back. I'm glad you're back. Now that you're back, I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm actually here for a couple of weeks, but I'm leaving at the end of the month. I'm going to be in Colorado. I'm going to be up for the Conscious Alliance All-Stars, a uh, concert that they're doing. And um, it's a benefit concert for Conscious, Conscious Alliance, and I'll be your auctioneer. Will be working the event as the auctioneer. I'm really excited about that, and uh, lots, lots coming up. I can't believe it's the fall. My son starts school here in, next week, and the pool's still closed, folks. What can I tell you? So, Rob, Seth's gonna be coming to my place. I got a pool, great pool, great neighbors, great people. Great his neighbors are great now until they meet him. <laughs> I already met one. She has a dog, Claire, and she has a nice dog. She's not the one I have a crush on, though. She's not taken. The one I have a crush on. You'll hear about them later, folks. Stay tuned. All right. There's a tease. Yeah. There's a tease. All right. Well, hopefully we got big news coming to you with our upcoming interviews. We're pushing hard for some bigger name acts that are coming through. So let's just be... Don't don't dog us. Don't dog us. No, I'm going to say, but we're not just looking to do bigger. We also want to, you know, let us know. If there's smaller bands that we should know about, shoot us an email. Tweet us. R-S-T-N-E-R is what I am on Twitter. And the show Inside. is Inside Out WTNS on Twitter. Inside Out WTNS. Inside Out WTNS and on Facebook. So thanks. Let us know. Is there a band we should know about? Is there a band we should shine a light on? Let us know. Thank you for listening, folks. We appreciate it, especially the ones who listened until now.
us to be here in the present and behold you for a second before it all goes away. Ah.